You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to It's Always Draft Season Podcast, part of the Packnet Podcast Network. Jake Schumink here, once again with you guys, riding solo. Looks like it's going to kind of be that way until college football season ends, so maybe November or December. Thanks will be back for the most important part uh, of why uh, this, this draft podcast exists. But uh, as I... Um, I'm going to go solo this week yet again. I, I've got a little something I wanted to start with. Uh, I want to start with something that's a little bit different each time before we get into prospects for Packers at the end, or the second half, I should say. So the first thing I want to talk about I, I think is relevant because I know Packers fans, we've kind of dealt with this, especially with Rashawn Gary uh, when he was picked in 2019. is kind of like, all right, well, this is a high pick. This comes with instant expectations, right? So I'm talking about the the late bloomer, the year three budding star type of players that, you know, we haven't been patient with them, but here they are and, and they have arrived. And I think the first one I want to talk about, I think more than anyone else, um, maybe because I do a, a video coming out uh, on him on my YouTube channel uh, the day you're hearing this on Friday uh, is, is Jeff Akuda. And if you remember back to the 2020 NFL draft, which might feel like a long time ago, because I mean, that was, what was that? That was seven weeks after the pandemic started. So long time ago, I feel at least it feels like it's a long time ago. So I I wanted to start with, with Akuda, uh, even though I'll, I'll put this out there immediately. Um, his PFF grade is not great. Um, because I know that's, we, we want to look at it from every angle, but I'll, I'll be honest. I don't know why it isn't. Um, I'm the, the grades on here really confuse me. Um, like just straight up, I, I'm really confused by this, uh, in a multitude of reasons, uh, after just pulling it up. 
Um, but like I said, I after having seen him basically uh, dismantle three of my favorite receivers in the league in a row, knocking them down like dominoes, Devonta Smith, Terry McLaurin, and Justin Jefferson, uh, three weeks in a row, um, he is in your face. He is he's locked down. He's allowed one catch, I think, over 11 yards. He's allowed seven for 89 uh, in coverage, which, again, through three weeks is really good. That's that's sub 30 a week, uh, by the way. Um, so he is just, again, he dealt with some coaching weird stuff under Patricia, right? I think that was his final year. Uh, Patricia's was Akuda's rookie year. Campbell comes in. You know, it's like, all right, this is it. This is the year to break out. He went third overall, right, out of Ohio State. Like, place that develops defensive backs really, really well. You look at Denzel Ward. Look at Lattimore. You know, look at late-round pick Jordan Fuller, who's who's done some good stuff in, in L.A. And then he tears the Achilles. And then it's like, dang it. Like, here we are again. We have to wait till year three. And it's kind of like, all right, well, you know, if it wasn't going to happen the first two years, like, is this a bust, right? Is Akuda a bust? It sure doesn't look like it. Um, it really doesn't look like it to this point. I know, like I said, I know that the grade isn't good. I I truly don't know what that's coming from. Uh, the run defense grade is like a forty. I, I got to be honest. I don't understand it. Um, like I said, I've gone through every snap. You know, put together clips. Obviously, you're gonna get in the video his highlights, but I just don't like. There were like lowlights for me where it's like, okay, well. And I, I actually put a rep in there where A.J. Brown beat him. Uh, but I will say this, like, just some observations from him to this point. Like, again, when he's they're allowing him to be in your face. They're allowing him to align and press. They're allowing him to quick jam, disrupt the timing, disrupt the release, everything. And he's doing that really, really well, uh, whether it be in the perimeter or in the slot, wherever he is. And or in tight sometimes, which is a lot of what they do with, with a lot of these guys. You know, they've got Smith in tight or they're in a bunch where they're kind of like, okay, let's try to create some friction, some rub, some kind of, you know, mess with match or zone or whatever we can do to kind of freeze, confuse said defense. But when a Kuda's in in man and he can jam, one, it's it's almost it's over. Uh again, for Smith who's 170 some pounds, like it was over for him. McLaurin actually got a rep where he kind of stacked him and he was working a comeback route and the Akuda's ability to just sink the hips to gear down to work out the break to, to limit steps uh, when he's transitioning is insane the footwork the hips the reactionary athleticism it's so good and he had a rep uh, in I think it was in the slaughter Jefferson was aligned tight to the to the offensive line he was in tight I, I think it was the slot rep I'm pretty sure trying to think off the top of my head but like he he won he got a little one-step release you know a a quick release as cooper cup would call it you know quick jab being two steps but he gets a quick release in jab step and go and it's just one step and hand swipes really good and he gets a coot off balance but a turns and runs the transition was quick and the speed to close space was insanely impressive and he makes a PBU happen at the catch point. Did that another time against against Jefferson in that game. 
and had had a rep with in the fourth quarter where he just kind of tossed him uh, in press coverage. He's been physical. He stayed in phase. He's such a strong transitioner. It it looks almost fake sometimes when he's doing it. So just the ability to handle you know Brown and Smith and McLaurin and Dotson and Jefferson and Thielen like. These aren't slouches. These aren't rookies. They aren't pushovers. Like, well, Dotson's a rookie, but he's not a pushover, right? So, like, his ability to handle all these guys, plus be a great tackler in space. I will say, PFF's tackling grade for him is is good. It's a good tackling grade. Uh, and I've seen him fill and and sit and leverage and run defense and hold his his spot on the outside. I, I think he's done just phenomenal. And so I do think this is a budding star in the league. I am high expectations. He's going against DK Metcalf, Tyler Locke this week. This is must see TV. So I again, patience has been a huge ally for Detroit. And he is now again probably going to become one of the kind of cornerstones of this defense. Uh, he's been amazing. Like I said, I I I don't see a lot of players who have played as well as him. Uh, so far, Green Bay's got a couple guys who are up there with him. I, Darius Slay has probably played the best of anybody at corner so far this year. But I, I do think Akuda's been really good. And I want to I want to stay on that that 2020 NFL draft really quick. Talk about a few more guys. Like I said, I obviously Andrew Thomas broke out last year, but the pick of his at four, like a lot of people are ready to kind of just call it a day. With with Thomas after his rookie season, and so you know comes in and in year two fixes a lot of technique stuff. You know the forty five degree sets, the vertical sets, everything looks a lot more comfortable with him, and breaks out in a big big way. And he is picking up right where he left off uh, in in twenty twenty two. He was I think the top graded tackle through two weeks. Uh, not we're not sure where he's at after after three, but. Like he he had a good he had a good game uh, against Dallas too, and that's Parsons who is probably going to potentially be like number one uh, in a in a like either analyst made or players made top one hundred I think very very soon like that's a he he's going to be I mean Parsons has Hall of Fame potential right so another guy uh, Jedrick Wills pick ten Cleveland Browns a lot of people are underwhelmed with it uh, there's a big big uh, difference between how he's viewed in a few circles. ESPN has his like pass block win rate as like I think fifth or something in the entire league. Uh, they have Braxton Jones up there as well, so I'm not. I know I really don't know how they're calculating that. Uh, but ESPN has liked him in their metrics. PFF has not liked him at all. Corey Kinnon, good friend of of the pod. Uh, Draft nut, Cleveland Browns guy, went to the film, says it's probably somewhere in the middle, but again, he's been a solid starting tackle. So is he great? No, but through two years and some change, no complaints uh, from Cleveland with the athleticism, how tough he plays. It's not an easy, an easy necessarily offense to play in with how quick you need to be off the ball, how good your technique is has to be to reach to seal to you know turn defenders where you want them to go it's not an easy thing um but i think wills has done that a good job it wills has done that a good job wills wills has done a good job sorry 
uh, Xavier McKinney with the Giants is another one. He he's starting to grade a little bit better this year, uh, which is which is good to see. Tackling grades really really good. Coverage grade, run defense, and defense as a whole are are good. I think all of those hovering close to or above seventy, very very nice. What I do think is very interesting with him is you see ninety snaps at free safety, seventeen reps in the slot, fifty six in the box. So they're moving him all over like I think a lot of people were expecting him uh, to do at the next level because that's kind of what he did at Bama. They, you saw the ability to tackle. You saw the ability to cover ground. Like this is a guy who potentially could man up if, if need be. And and he did that at Bama, and he's doing that for the Giants. And he's, again, not necessarily saying he's a great player, of course, but, again, a solid starting safety. And that's, again, with Thomas and McKinney both being in that draft – Got to feel pretty good about it if you're a Giants fan. Uh, the Eagles. The Eagles. And I think I'm going to segue here, so bear with me. But, like, the Eagles with Jalen Hurts. Selecting him at 53 overall. A wild, wild turn of events. Obviously, Carson Wentz hasn't, hadn't played well. Uh, Similar-ish, dare I say, situation with Rodgers and Love. Right? Where it was kind of like, okay. Rodgers played fine in 2019. Did Rodgers play good as to what Rodgers can play at with normal level? No. He played fine, though, right? And so it was like, okay, well, maybe, you know, we we make a little move. And the Eagles did that with Hurts, knowing that Wentz has just has fallen off. The processing wasn't there. Everything's just a tick late. Lower body mechanics weren't good. Like, So they select Hurts. And... There's still question marks with Hurts for sure, but you've seen the growth with him year after year, and I I, I encourage you to potentially go look back at Hurts at Bama, the player who see it, then throw it, zero anticipation, accuracy was all over the place, basically a runner at the position. Somehow got them to within a second of winning the national championship. 24-1 or 24-2, something like that as a starter with Bama. Tua Tungavailoa takes over. Um, he's able to come back in his third year and make a comeback in the SEC title game after Tua went down. Comes back, beats Georgia, I think 35-28 if I remember correctly. Um, I was following that game while at, at at a dinner, so I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Came back in, but like, then goes to Oklahoma. I think improved the deep ball a lot. I think there was a lot more calmness to his game, and he's just getting better every year with Philly. Is he guaranteed to be at the level of we're talking Josh Allen, we're talking Justin Herbert, we're talking Lamar Jackson? Like Trevor Lawrence is already starting to potentially scoot his name into the conversation, not necessarily. But to ignore that Hertz has gotten better year after year after year, I don't know why you would do that. Uh, he looks more comfortable throwing over the middle of the field. He's throwing with touch. He's layering it. Like he's hitting it. He's throwing with anticipation. A.J. Brown has certainly helped him. Uh, and he's trusting his playmakers to go make plays. He saw Devonta Smith make a couple ridiculous catches. Three of them, really, uh, where Hertz is throwing a – first one was a good deep ball. They kind of di- disputed whether or not it was a catch, but – Really good deep ball, only where Smith could make a play, and then let Smith make some plays later. So it's it's interesting to see, like, I feel like Hertz was really polarizing 
right? And a lot of people are like, I don't see it at all. And some people are like, I'm buying in no matter what. I'm blind to whatever the deficiencies are as a passer. I'm sticking with them. When it was always in between. And it's it's cool to see the patience pay off. And that's I'm gonna segue for a second here because I this this hurts thing means more going forward. The Eagles are kind of just winning the 2022 draft and the 2023 draft already. But like, how can you win the 2023 draft? Well, if you remember on the pod, you know, Mason and I talked at length about the Eagles trading one of their firsts in this past draft because they had three to New Orleans. So New Orleans would have two. And they snagged 2023 first from New Orleans in the process, which right now I believe, as Tankathon has it, it's a top seven pick. Right now, New Orleans does not look good. They got it kind of handed to them by Carolina, who couldn't do much on offense. Carolina made some hate with big defensive plays. Carolina is not that good of a football team. And they made New Orleans look pretty bad. Uh, New Orleans is a miracle comeback away from being 0-3 with the Raiders. That would put them at 1 or 2 in the order. Lock and change between now and January, but still. Like the Saints, probably not going to contend for a playoff spot even. Even in a weak NFC. So the Eagles, with that Hurts thing, with the patience... They hang on to him. They don't force the issue in a weak quarterback class. Now they've opened themselves up to potentially making two luxury selections in the 2023 NFL Draft. I'm going to say it right now. One of them could easily be Bijan Robinson. No one would bat an eye. I promise you that. They've got Cam Jurgens to step in to be a center. Now he has not proved anything, so there's no guarantee he'll be good. But they have the the archetype of center behind Jason Kelsey that they want. Offensive line across the board. Dickerson and Driscoll at guards. Mylotta and Lane Johnson. That's really, really good. Davis. Fletcher Cox is, is obviously on the last leg a little bit. Him and Hargrave. Davis. Marlon Tuipilotu. They're, they're loaded. Milton Williams, right? They could also go on and look at Ed Rusher, right? Derek Barnett, maybe not cutting it. I know he, I think he got hurt. Yeah, he got hurt um, in their week two uh, tilt with Minnesota. But Josh Sweat and Brandon Graham's getting up there, so they could go edge and running back, and I don't think anybody would bat an eye. They have the luxury to go out and get who they want in this draft, and that should be a scary thing. Hurt is still on a rookie deal. This is a team that's probably not going away in the NFC. And it's going to be a heck of a battle when the Packers visit uh, down the line. They visit the link. It's going to be an interesting game. But the Eagles, their patience has paid off in this past draft and a future one. So patience is a huge deal. I know, it, man, it, it's hard to even talk about what happened to Tunga Bailoa tonight um, if you watch the game. Um, and it's it's hard to even comment on it because you just hope he's fine and you hope he can play again. Brett, better not. I if he doesn't play again, I just hope he's healthy and he can be living over life again, right? 
because that was scary. But like the Dolphins' patience with him was paying off too. And it still might. I hope he plays again. But if he's just healthy enough to, you know, be able to walk away, good. That's good enough. Um, But yeah, I mean, again, even with Tua, that's patience is paid off. You get the right guy in there. And, whew, sorry. Um, He's able to, you know, make do with what they got. The playmakers, offensive line's not great, but they were getting the most out of it. Right. Um, One more I want to talk about from the 2020 NFL draft. And then I promise we're going to take a pack or spin on things. Alex Highsmith has done pretty well. Uh, his grade is pretty, um, pretty on par with what he did. It's a little bit better, actually. Um, it's a 74 right now, up from a 67 in his sophomore season, 2021, up from a 72 as a rookie. Uh, the run defense is way, way better. We've got a 78.8 this year. 75 dropping into coverage. Those are both, I guess they're not. It's 82 dropping into coverage as a rookie, but those are both way higher than last year. The tackling's still about average, just under. Pass rush has gotten worse, according to PFF. I think he's just, again, that might be just them saying, I, I, again, it's interpreting, but like, may just be a lack of moves, uh, but he's winning. And if you look at what he's done this year, 15 stops is a pretty big deal. Uh, obviously has four sacks, two hits, five hurries. So, again, he's do I think he's doing a really, really good job uh, this year, especially stepping into the shoes of, of trying to fill those that JJ that TJ Watt. Um, it, it's impossible to do that, right? He's trying to fill those shoes. It's not an easy task, and I think he's doing a heck of a job with Pittsburgh. So this again, again, he was a hundred and second pick. So like the expectations of like an Akuda or a Thomas or a Wills aren't necessarily there. But again, it's just showing like they're patient with this guy. They believed in him, you know, to be a, a, a at the very least a talented player in their rotation, and he's becoming that. So that's cool. And you know, I think show us that like all right, Packers fans as. You see Devontae Wyatt flash, and he got an elite grade from PFF. If he has a bad grade the next eight games, chill. It's okay. I know you want everybody to play well, right? And everybody playing well is huge to get, you know, cohesive, get ready for a Super Bowl run, like they're right that the Packers hopefully will make. But, like, again, when you're looking long-term, okay, if Wyatt or Walker or Watson, you know, Watson continues to struggle with drops or something, like, it's going to be all right, right? So just preach patience uh, with the Packers draft class. It was great to see Romeo Dobbs go eight for 73 and a touchdown. That was super cool. If it does, if, if, if that's the best game he has all year, chill. First off, he's a fourth-round pick, right? So, again, that was just as kind of something to preach, preach patience a little bit with the NFL draft in a world that's looking for the next click. Uh, the next reaction that can be done immediately. Just patience is a good thing. And we'll take that into the break here as, as we look for prospects for Packers. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. 
That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, so back here uh, with the prospecting for Packers section of the It's Always Draft Season podcast. So, yeah, um, I wanted to start with this because I think it was cool. Uh, I did a little um, fun uh, thing from Mock Draft Monday um, because I thought, you know what, um, why not, right? I know some people um, that shall not be named uh, love to call those of us, which I, I'd say I belong to the draft industrial complex or, you know, it's too early. What are we doing? It's September. I don't care. Like, let me live my life. I like the draft. I'm going to talk about it all year. Like, deal with it. Okay. Um, but anyway, uh, I did a three-round mock draft for the Packers just for the heck of it using uh, the NFL Mock Draft Database Simulator. Um, I had them take Jalen Duncan, who we kind of mentioned on last week's show, is this kind of guy who's got the athleticism, the footwork, you know, to be able to succeed with the pass sets, be able to redirect, be able to recover athletically, you know, with inside moves, you know, encounters anything thrown at him to get in front with good footwork, like has all that. Can he just handle a little bit more power? Does he have the profile to do that? Like that's the question mark, right? I think he did pretty well uh, against Michigan. Didn't stand out a whole lot, but you saw the movement skills and you saw what you're able to develop with him. So I took him uh, in the first round. Then a player who I think Packer fans should be watching this coming week for sure. Uh, Sam Laporta, tight end Iowa. I think he's going to fit the profile. Um, My first watch for him over the summer, you saw, I thought a fluid and explosive route runner for a tight end. Um, I thought he looked more fluid and explosive working up the seam, working those deep digs, like stuff off play action than, say, Michael Mayer did. Mayer's a little bit more savvy, uh, if you don't know the Notre Dame tight end. Uh, he's a little bit more savvy, a little bit quicker, you know, can set up defenders a little bit more when they split him out, put him in the slot, whatever. So, like, but I do think Laporta can still win at the catch point. You know, he's got that explosiveness going for him. And I think he can hang in line. I think there's some balance issues. There's some hand placement issues, right? Like, not a lot of young tight ends are like these just phenomenal run blockers, especially if they also like are, are productive pass catchers. There are definitely some guys like like Kift from uh, Minnesota last year who were like, this is a you're a run blocker. 
we're just going to attach you to the line when we need you. Six offensive linemen, great. Like, be that guy. Thanks. All right. We're on our way. Thank you. Uh, but Laporta, I think, does a great job. I'm impressed with him. A uh, big game this week for him against Michigan. That's at home for them. Uh, 11 a.m. Central Time. I think that's a good one to turn into. Especially, I'm going to go into the players to watch while doing the mock. So, this is, you know, solid here. Uh, I would also watch Eric All from Michigan as well. That's another tight end. Like I said, I don't know what the Packers are going to do at tight end. Um, it's very possible like that. Oh, no. Um, actually, I'm going to I'm gonna take this all back right now because I don't think Eric Hall is playing. Um, yeah, undisclosed injury. So never mind. That's Injuries are a pain in the butt to keep up with in college. So many teams. Anyway, but Eric Hall is somebody who I, I think, you know, keep an eye on potentially we'll see if he declares uh if he can take the medical redshirt i have no idea but like sam laporta in this game it'd be cool if it seemed to have a big game obviously iowa's offense is putrid uh they really need to go to their backup quarterback in my opinion but like this is a good game against more nfl level defenders than he's probably going to see the rest of the year i don't think they play ohio state so yeah, I think this will be his best test. But again, I, I think this is a player that I think the Packers will like and have on their radar. So I think you should get to take a good look at him uh, this week for sure. Now, for my third round pick, I took Chris Smith, the second. Christopher Smith, we know this. If you listen to, I think, the first pod where I was like, okay, I went through his Game against Oregon, I was really impressed. Breaking up passes, good tackler, you know, instinctive, could close downhill. Type of guy who I think is very much like a Xavier McKinney where it's like, okay, you can move him all around. He's not, I believe, as physically imposing. He doesn't have the size that McKinney does, but, like, still, I think you can move him all around in your defense. I'm not sold on Darnell Savage. I don't think anybody else is necessarily. I think people want him to break out. He hasn't done it yet. Um, and, and how much longer is Adrian Amos going to be around? So I do think, again, I, we're going to harp on safety for sure because I thought that the Packers might go that direction in the 2022 NFL draft and did not, uh, unless you count Tariq Carpenter, who's kind of a basically a hybrid linebacker type but also a good special teamer. So I don't think that counts necessarily. Uh, but I do think, like I said, Christopher Smith, a, a player that I, has grown on me for sure. Uh, I, I didn't think much of him, even though he had that pick six against Clemson last year in their opener. Uh, but he's played good ball. And we're going to see a lot of Georgia uh, going forward, uh, especially in SEC play. And obviously the playoff, I'm fairly certain they're going to be there. So we'll get a great look at Georgia. But I, again, I took Chris Smith. I think that would be good going tackle tight end safety. Um. But, yeah, I, I think those are three positions we can definitely focus on. Uh, and we're, we're going to be focused on that a lot, for sure, going forward, uh, those those three positions. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to harp on wide receiver for a second, uh, only because here's the deal. So the Packers have obviously done a good job addressing that position, right, in, in this past draft. They obviously drafted three guys. Two of them are 
probably going to be full-time starters potentially by season's end. So that's that's a good thing. Uh, I love that Romeo Dobbs is playing a lot and, and doing well early on. And then the speed that Christian Watson provides is something that is going to just grab attention and require attention from defensive coordinators every week that he plays. So it's great that those two are, whereas Dobbs is kind of your, I don't want to say Greg Jennings. That's that's not what I'm trying. Maybe even just Donald Driver where it's like, okay, no, he's not Donald Driver though. He could be like Jordy, but I do think he's just got more twitch with yards after catch than Jordy did. Anyway, trying to comp, whatever. Like, Dobbs is going to be a deep threat, but he also can win underneath. You know, he's proven he can win over the at all three levels. But he's got that twitch after the catch that makes him really exciting. That's why they throw him on those, you know, they throw him those screens. They give him the sneak route, which they did a couple times against the Bucks. Like, they give him chances to make plays after the catch because they know he's good there. And if you watched him in college, you know he's good there, right? He, he made some plays in, in that regard at Nevada, even though, they were taking shot plays to him all the time. Um, and Watson, I do think, is is very speed, vertical threat, plus gadget, right? I think that's what his role is. Um, if he develops more than that, excellent. Um, but Randall Cobb, free agent, 2023. Alan Lazard, free agent, 2023. Sammy Watkins, free agent, 2023. That would leave... Watson, Dobbs, Samori Toure, and Amari Rogers, who, I'm going to be honest, I wouldn't put money on to make the team next year. Like, the, the Packers have just signed Corey Ballantyne to potentially be a returner, right? Like, writing a little bit on the wall. Like, this third-round pick thing, we got to break the curse somehow. I'm really worried that Sean Ryan is not going to do it. And I really liked Sean Ryan. As soon as he was a third-round pick for the Packers, I got really, really concerned. Uh, but, again, four wide receivers. One of them is, as Aaron Rodgers calls it, he's returning for us. And that's all he's got to say about it. Toure really hasn't played yet. And you have Watson and Dobbs. Watson and Dobbs, I plug him into starters, right, if Lazard doesn't come back. So, I do think receiver is more important than we think it is. Uh, not necessarily I'm saying that they're, they're not going to take a first-round wide receiver. We know this. Come on. Uh, and I don't know who they would take, to be honest. Uh, if if we're projecting right now, like Jackson Smith and Jigba's barely played, hasn't gotten a lot of targets when he has played uh, because he's getting passed by, by better players. <clears throat> Marvin Harrison Jr., keep that name in mind for 2024. But, like, he hasn't done a whole lot. Keishan Butte has been, I think, very frustrated with how LSU has done things. He scrubbed his Instagram profile at one point. I, it looked like they were weird. It was weird. Like, the effort didn't look like it was there in the opener against Florida State. So, there's that. Quentin Johnson hasn't done a lot at TCU just yet. Jordan Addison's played the best of the top guys. Is he wide receiver one, perhaps? In the mold of, you know, kind of a uh, Devonta Smith, Chris Olave. You know, he's an undersized, but he can win. 
as a route runner, space understanding, like he just contact balance after the catch. Very fundamental, but a good separator, right? But he's also small. So what do we do with that, right? So the receiver class is weird, but I wanted to I wanted to talk about a couple names. Um, one of which actually is going to be playing uh, Friday night, the day of that this this podcast comes out, right? Rome Odunze from Washington. Okay, so Washington's got a few receivers. Uh, if you go to the Ryzen Draft database, they've got a few guys that that I think are worth paying attention to in the in the database, right? So, but Romo Dunze listed at six three two zero one. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna go on the limb here. Uh, when you watch him, if you watch him on Friday night against UCLA, have a feeling you're gonna be like two zero one. That doesn't look right. It's probably not. Uh, he might weigh in. But here's the thing, and this is why I think it's important too. Um, Adunze could weigh six three. Or could wow, could come in at you know six two and five eighths, hundred ninety four pounds. Let's let's do that. Let's say that. Okay, just just for a hypothetical. Then it's like, oh, he's sub 200. Get him off the list, right? Not necessarily. Uh, if we believe, and, and again, this is things that you, it's hard to believe, right? You never know. But if we believe the Packers were interested in Justin Jefferson, which how could you not be? And interested in Rashad Bateman. Again, how could you not be? Uh, Bateman was listed at 192 pounds. I don't believe Jefferson's 200. So if he is, he slightly clears it. And I, I don't necessarily it he it doesn't feel like he's i have to check now i'm gonna lose my mind if he's over 200 so i'm looking i'm looking right now a 195 okay yeah that's what i thought so again i i don't think the 200 pound thing is necessarily like oh you're 198 see ya it's like okay we, we make the exception for really, really good players, which Jefferson and I think Bateman will become are, right? So I think Roma Dunze is very intriguing. Why? I think he can win at the catch point. He's seen to be a ball winner. Contested situations do not bother him at all. Uh, and what I really like about him is catch-to-attack conversion. And what I mean by that is when you're about to receive, when you're about to catch football and you have some open space, do you A, Understand where defenders are. B, have enough processing skills to understand, okay, where are they going to attack from? How are they going to respond to where you're at on the field? And then three, can you set your feet up before the ball gets there to get you in the best position to take advantage of what defenders are doing and create post-catch? I think Romo Dunze does a really good job of that. There's a rep of him last weekend doing just that. And I want to see more from him as a route runner. I'll be perfectly honest. I've only watched that game from him against Stanford. That's all I've seen. But he jumped out at me quite a bit, made a heck of an impression. First impressions are huge. You can ask scouts the same question. They'll answer that the same way. It matters. Uh, he stood out. He is a junior. 
Uh, and again, like I said, if he's 6'2 and 5'8, 194, I don't really care. Like, this is a good bucket player that you can add to your add to your team who's, again, dynamic after the catch. That's important and then very smart. Uh, even setting himself up before the ball arrives to make plays after the catch. And again, he's got some size, which is always a good thing. I'm excited to watch him again against UCLA. So very excited about that. I'm going to put, again, J.L. Skinner on the watch list because it's Friday. Uh, Boise State plays San Diego State. Watch J.L. Skinner. He's a good player. And he's got Kyle Hamilton's size at the position. I don't think he can... I, I don't Again, I don't know how roof duties are going to be for him. Processing speed is going to have to overtake range. That's okay. I think that's what's going to make Hamilton good. So I'm okay with it. But again, that's... Just something you got to kind of watch for. Um, going elsewhere with positions that we put in the mock draft. Uh, for symmetry, I know we talked about these guys and we know these guys. Northwestern plays Penn State at 2.30 Central Time, 3.30 Eastern. If you want to watch Peter Skaronsky play, you can also watch Olufushanu play going to have something on him at Ryzen draft hopefully Friday uh, if not then Saturday uh, on him and what he's done to kind of put himself on the map in a tackle class I know I mentioned him last week but I do think he's somebody you should be watching every week because I do think he's eventually going to start getting first round consideration think it'll be on the back end of it that's where the Packers are going to be picking right so just something to watch there obviously Jalen Duncan went we put them in the mock, so that's that's automatic homework, right? Uh, they play Michigan State at 2.30, 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central on FS1. Um, elsewhere, though, like I said, if I, I, if I was going to give you a watch list at those positions, I do think it is definitely worth looking at Anton Harrison again. At tackle for Oklahoma, they play it. 12 Eastern, 11 a.m. Central uh, on ABC against TCU. TCU doesn't have the pass rushers Kansas State did in, in Felix Anaduke Azoma last week, but Anton Harrison's played pretty well to start the season. I, I do think he's still worth a watch. Um, obviously, for draft fans, a lot of them going to be watching Will Levis against uh, Ole Miss. That's going to be a heck of a game, Kentucky and Mississippi. So, again, a lot of the quarterback guys, myself, we're going to be tuned into that, seeing that race for QB3, who's who's going to make that step, who's going to step up and, and be that third guy in this class. And, again, for me and for most of us, it's the third guy. I've seen some put Levis over Stroud, Levis over Young, whatever. Do that. Who knows anyway, right? Um, so... Yeah, uh, I wanted to bring up another receiver because I do think this is somebody that I will be watching intently uh, going forward because, again, he's a player that, again, has impressed me. Uh, impressed me over the summer watch. He popped when I was watching them, uh, that team, in preparation for the draft uh back in april i'm trying to figure out where the heck they are at if they're not playing this week it's going to be really upsetting do they not play this week maybe they don't wow this is going to really stink but i'm going to mention the name anyway 
because I do think it's a name that you should keep an eye on. Oh my gosh, I don't see it. Okay, so Virginia may not play this week, and I, I bungled it bad. Uh, but yeah, I want to bring up Dontavion Wicks only because twitch explosiveness and enough size, in my opinion. Uh, I think he's a really, really good route runner too. Uh, release and route running carry a lot of weight for me in evaluations. So I think you make make the effort to watch him. Uh, I don't see Virginia on you. Oh, no, I do. Oh, I got it. Okay. Oh, it's on ESPN3. Sweet. Uh, they play Duke at 730 Eastern, 630 Central. Going to figure out how to find that. But Dontavion Wicks is somebody I'm really excited about watching uh, just this season in general because I do think he's a twitched-up receiver with plenty of catch radius to go around. I think he can make plays, obviously, outside the frame. But, again, that twitch, that explosiveness is important. But he's a good route runner that can gear down, get out of breaks really well. I think he can run the full route tree. Somebody I'm very interested in. So I would, again, take a look. If you want to be that one who watches all the top teams, I I think for Georgia, you absolutely watch them. Uh, go for it. I think it's worth doing. Um, I think they play at 7 Eastern, 6 Central. No, 6.30. 7.30, 6.30 uh, at Missouri. Broderick Jones, a lot of first-round type for him. Uh, this is his, I believe, his first year as a full-time starter for Georgia tackle. Did start... Did play in three games, started two of them last year. I'm going to get these wrong. I think it was Missouri, Tennessee, and Auburn were the games he started. I know Tennessee and Auburn are correct. I'm not sure if Missouri is. I'm off the top of my head, but Broderick Jones, Darnell Washington. There you go. Darnell Washington, tight end. Two guys you should absolutely watch if you're going to watch Georgia. Uh, What else? What else is we're about to wrap up this week? I, I do... I I like Xavier Hutchinson a lot from Iowa State. I don't. Th- this might be in the nice day three range though, where you look at a guy and you go, okay, another Iowa State guy who blocks his butt off. Um, not overly dynamic, but a chain mover. Um, he's good in a straight line. I think he can win the slant. Like there's there's a lot to him where I'm like, yeah, okay, that it makes sense. He's he's pretty good, right? So if you know if you want to watch them play Kansas and you're you know like, oh Kansas, they're undefeated, right? worth it uh Rakeem Jarrett for Maryland to really fill out the receiver room he's got that really like slot you know running back build type but has good explosiveness contact balance type that you're like oh well this should be Amari Rogers but he's got the explosiveness I know I mentioned him last week I apologize but like that's a player I would definitely be interested in uh, if I were the Packers I have a feeling they're not going to be interested in Josh Downs he's really really small but you know if, if if you're still looking uh safeties i'm gonna mention him again because it's a big time matchup like ashim young from mississippi is playing against will levis this is the rangy type that you want on the back of your defense this is jesse bates this is jesse bates so again another guy i would potentially watch i don't know if wisconsin's linemen are back this week if jack nelson's going to play against illinois but if he is i would also check that game out at tackle Uh, as well like i said tight end just really feels like there's so many questions with the class in general like obviously it's mayor and i think it's laporta and then probably after that is 
even before that potentially is Tucker Craft from South Dakota State. You're probably not going to watch South Dakota State randomly on a Saturday. That's totally fine. That's very understandable. Then it's like, okay, Darnell Washington, Eric, Eric Gilbert, right? Like those guys. So, you know, it, it is what it is. Obviously, South Carolina already played, so Jaheim Bell, you can't watch him this weekend. Uh, Isaac Rex, BYU played, but I think Rex is hurt. You can always watch the Utah guys. Like I said, Keithy and and, and um, Kincaid are really good. I like both of them. But it'll be interesting. I do think that that position is one that's going to figure itself out a lot more before we, you know, before the season wraps up. And like I said, I think safety's got some big time studs. You can watch Antonio Johnson again this week if you want. I would watch Branch and Malachi Moore and DeMarco Ellums and uh, Jordan Battle. All four of those guys, DBs that move all around for Bama. They're playing Arkansas. This is a legit op- opponent this week. Now's the time to tune in to, to watch Bama, right? It stinks that we're not going to see uh, uh, Jalen Catalan either this year because he got hurt. For Arkansas, that was a safety that a lot of people were like, oh, he probably did. He? Wow, he came back to school. That's interesting. And it's like, yeah, he probably should have, though. So that's an interesting one. Uh, Jair Brown, Penn State safety, 5'11 to 10. Uh, he is a fifth year senior. So, you know. Um, what's the ceiling really? But that's another guy. If you if you watch the Penn State game and you're committed to watching Olufushanu, why not watch Jair Brown? He's number 16 on their defense. But again, I I do think very much worth watching Ashim Young uh, at the safety position. I would also watch Avery Young uh, from Rutgers, six foot two oh four. Um, he's nearing like three thousand snaps uh, in his time at Rutgers. They play Ohio State. So just say it. You know, if you're watching Ohio State, maybe watch Avery Young. I'll give you the number, too. He wears two. Uh, so there you go. So plenty of players, not as many as last week, but some guys to focus on that were kind of like in the vein of guys we drafted uh, the same positions in that three-round mock with Duncan Laporte and Smith. So like I said, I think we should watch wide receiver because I don't think they're done filling that room uh, for next year. So there you go. That's what I've got for you guys this week. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, as always, you know, give some feedback you know if you got draft questions this time of year totally down to answer some of those uh if you got questions you know about if you want us to start going about our process and what that what that looks like totally fine with that too uh but yeah stay tuned for more next week uh like i said the first half is always going to be something different and then we'll prospect and, and look for for packers uh in the future future packers what prospects for packers is what we're calling it but if you got a more catchy name you know you can send them our way to uh, you can follow me at jake nfl draft on twitter i am doing some sub sub stack stuff at the quick slant.substack.com i also do youtube stuff as well and writing about the draft at risingdraft.com and nflmox.com so you can find me in a lot of places um but yeah i hope you guys uh, enjoy your weekend of football enjoy the packers against the patriots this week and continue to be listening throughout the packing up podcast feed i will catch you guys next friday 